Welcome to Here Come the Sequels. Each week we take a look at a new installment in a popular film series to get a clear idea of how it's evolved over time. I'm Tyler. And I'm the one who knocks. I mean, I'm out. And this week, we're going to be talking about The Amazing Spider-Man. Yay! We're gone from Spider-Man 3. That horrible nightmare is Correct. over. Yay! There's another nightmare on the horizon. Oh, but yeah. yeah. Not, not quite that bad. Um, no, not by a long time. <laughs> okay, so anyway... Uh, Amazing Spider-Man from tw uh, 2012, directed by Mark Webb. It's a bit on the nose for <laughs> name for a director. I think that's the only reason they chose him. Now we both know that's not true. No, we both know it's definitely true. <sighs> okay, so according to Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 72% score for the critics, which is the second... Or, no, no, no. It's right in the middle of the pack in terms of all the ratings for all the Spider-Man movies okay. so far. It's right in the middle. That's there, and I then guess. Uh, the audience scores a seventy-seven percent, which I believe is also in the middle of the pack, technically. Huh? No, it is the second highest. Really? Yes. Okay. Looking, looking at all the scores right Fascinating. now. Yeah. Uh, this is my favorite Spider-Man movie that we've gotten <laughs> so far. Please don't hurt me, internet. Let me go yeah. ahead and just say before we get into our general thoughts and then our favorite, uh, least favorite things. If you've seen this, sh you listen to us before. You you know you know the drill. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did, uh, our our opinions may differ from yours. That that doesn't mean we're trying to hurt you or, or cause you pain and suffering and misery. Doesn't mean you need to try and cause us pain and suffering <laughs> and misery by sending us mean messages or whatever. If film is subjective. No matter, however objective you may try to be about you know scoring a film and decide, it is it it, it comes down to very much your subjective yeah. feelings on a movie. So, and and as as far as what works and what doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much it. But, but, but like, yeah, you're going to have different opinions from us. So be cool with that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, okay. So having said that. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, what, what's, your, what's your favorite um, thing and your least favorite thing about The Amazing Spider-Man? My favorite thing. Is that Tobey Maguire is not in it. Yeah. No. Uh, my favorite thing. <laughs> Is that Topher Grace is not it? <laughs> is is definitely the relationship between Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. I think they're. They, I mean, they have great chemistry. We we have. We we should have looked this up at some point. We have had many opportunities to do it, and we just keep not caring. But we're they, lazy. We're not sure what they're. I know at some point. I'm pretty sure at some point they were dating in real life. I don't know how that's going for them. And it, whatever that basically they have wonderful chemistry and it shows and it makes a very very good movie relationship for the two of them. And your least favorite thing? <sighs> I hate having to do this first. I hate having to do this at all. Do you want me to start doing it first? <laughs> you can. I, I figured this would make it easier for you because I usually have a hard time coming up with yeah. stuff after you've said it because I don't want to repeat you. Um. No, I, I'm going to say my, my least favorite thing is probably just the way the movie starts in general. Um, the parents' angle is not your, your favorite yes. thing. I'm not a big fan of all the parents' subplot stuff, and I'll talk about that a little later on. Well, especially because uh, the second movie kind of makes it terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a big part of it. Um, but no, the basically, there's a lot of problems going on in the first act of the movie i guess you would say maybe yeah. like the first 20 or 30 minutes there's there's a lot, a lot of stuff a lot, going a lot on. of issues and a lot of you know unnecessarily complex plot points yeah just to get peter in that room to get bitten by a spider yeah and, and, and it, it, so it, the plot kind of saves itself from there and from there it's kind of like okay we're 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 free from all these conveniences that occurred early in the movie and all the weirdness but yeah, it's it's built on a very shaky foundation. Yeah. Okay. So I've started keeping notes. Okay. You know, before, beforehand, I didn't really keep that many notes. Specifically for my favorite and least favorite thing, because yes. I don't like repeating you. <laughs> I've said that many times before. So my favorite thing would be the, the um, chemistry between Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone, because that's yes. just wonderful to watch. Uh, in any of the scenes in this movie, no matter what the context uh -huh. is, it's just fun watching them. But I'm going to go with something different. My favorite thing is James Horner's score for this okay. movie, which I think is fantastic. Yes. It's, dare I say, amazing. I'm so sorry. 
Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I want to judge you, but I was about to make a pun about amazing if you weren't if you weren't going to jump. See, on that's it. the problem. So, the fact that it's called the Amazing Spider-Man, I feel like we should just put a moratorium on all jokes involving <laughs> that from from yeah. now on. It's kind of a, a silly naming convention too. Like it, you, I don't know what else they'd come up with, but. What was the original plan? Like, should should this series like eventually run its course in the next <laughs> reboot? Spectacular, and then they go to like superior, and yes. then like ultimate, and then, ah, I, stupid. Yeah. But anyways, back to James Horner's score. I, I think it is great. The, the romantic theme between for Peter and, and uh, Gwen is is brilliant, and yeah. I love the main Spider Man theme. It's it's probably my favorite of all the the Spider Man scores. Uh-huh. Uh, I know, Which I think is fair. I know a lot of people really like the Danny Elfman one, but mm-hmm. this is my personal favorite. I'd go back and listen to it just by itself, and it still is great, yeah. even without the context of yeah. the scenes. That we, we talked a little bit about the Danny Elfman one, and I, I do think it's not really... It's a good... I mean, obviously, it's a great score. Danny Elfman is Danny Elfman. Yeah. But the I don't think it matches Spider-Man but as much But the problem as is, one. it sounds like a Danny Elfman theme. Yes. Yeah. Before, it sounds like a Spider-Man theme. Yeah. Um, there's one scene where the score doesn't work for me, though. And that's when Gwen, uh, Gwen, Queen. <laughs> when Gwen is she's, Bernard, <laughs> Gobby, she she's made the uh, the blue vial thing that's gonna cure everybody. Yeah, yeah. Thing, whatever. And she's hiding, and the lizards like in the room. Oh, yeah. And there's like these weird, like just random piano chords that are just play, and yeah. it's really loud. It's like a horror movie. It's type supposed to be thing. played like a horror, scene. like a B movie horror movie type thing. But it's just. It feels so unnecessary <laughs> and out of place for this kind of movie. Yeah. But anyway, Uber nitpick. Just, but yeah. just one specific scene that bothers me, but uh, the, I think the score is awesome. Um, now, my least favorite thing about the movie is is actually the fact that they have stuff cut out of this movie. This movie, and the second one to a certain degree, uh, suffer from scenes getting cut out because uh-huh. studios and producers like doing that for big budgets. Especially with movies. these, though. Like, there's a lot yeah. of weird stuff where it's like, you had a fairly coherent movie somewhere along the uh, somewhere in all this footage, but like they couldn't just leave it be, and like yeah. they kept trying to mess with it. And and it, it's it's weird because you don't really think about it until you go and watch the deleted scenes, and you're like, wow, that really should be in the movie. I we never see Kurt Connors really go up to Peter and be like, I'm sorry about your uncle. Uh-huh. Never brought up. Yeah. But there's a deleted scene where he shows up at Peter's doorstep and and like tries to console him. Uh-huh. That would have been very nice. Yeah, and most most of these scenes that that I'm complaining that are missing from the film have to do with Kurt Connor's character and uh-huh. developing him a little bit more and fleshing him out. Because in the movie, it makes it seem like he's on his own, like like he's a loner type. But he actually has a family, and there's a scene, and it's supposed to mirror the scene where uh, Peter's father has to leave him. Uh-huh. He's like, I have to go do something important, you know. There's a scene where where Kurt has to go talk to his son. And actually do something very similar because he's like, I have to go be the lizard and do all this. Sure. You know, but it's like, you had something here. Why? Yeah. why this, you had a more interesting villain. Would this really have hurt ticket sales to leave a yes. couple of extra minutes of footage in the movie? Whatever. That That's yeah. that's my main, I can agree. That's my main complaint um, about the movie. Hmm. Do, do we want to start with the, with, the, with the big controversial issue <laughs> with this movie? And that's, sure. I guess, Andrew Garfield? Uh, yeah. And uh, whether or not he makes a good Spider-Man slash Peter Parker. Yeah. I I mean I talked to, about Tobey Maguire and how I don't really like him much at all in the in the earlier podcast. I think he gets worse as he goes. I think yes, he starts off definitely. okay and then it just yeah. because they don't know how to write him. Yeah. They don't know how to write him. Particularly the third one and then it. they just turn him into a terrible prick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Andrew Garfield's really interesting to me because I still don't think he nails it. I, I don't think... I'm not going to say Andrew Garfield is the perfect Peter Parker or the perfect Spider. Well, let's just go ahead and say, you're coming at this from actually, you know, reading the comic books. Yes. And, and you're an avid Marvel reader, yeah. so... You, I'm coming at this as a Spider-Man fan. A, yes. A very, and I'm, I'm just a guy who enjoys <laughs> movies, particularly superhero movies. Yeah. I... Andrew Garfield, to me... So, so this movie, I don't have as much problem. Uh, I'll, I might bring this up a little more in the next podcast. This movie particularly, I don't have that much of an issue with it, but I do agree with some of the uh, complaints that he's trying too hard to be awkward. I can see where they're coming from with that, that he kind of, you know, the way he like stumbles over words and like he, you know, tries to, you know, and, and like, I feel like it's it's a little too over the top and a little too cringeworthy 
every now and then. I mean, it's good acting. It's it's just I I feel like that might. He's clearly going for an angle. Yeah, and I can appreciate that just because he's not just like. I'm just going to do whatever the, the studio tells me to do. He's yeah. going for an angle yeah. with this character. He has an idea of what he should sound like and what he should act like, and yeah. he's going. However, uh, some of the more the, the more problematic issues with him include the skateboard stuff. He's, he carries around a skateboard all the time, and there's some good gags with that. Well, I guess this goes with, with the, the, the fanboy complaint of, oh, he's too hipster, not enough yeah. nerd. Yeah, and... I can see where they're coming from when people say, oh, he's hipster Spider-Man. He's not a nerd. I would say he's only hipster in, in just how he looks, not yeah. in how he well, that's, acts. Well, that's what I'm saying. But, I mean, and that's an important part. I get that. Like, I think it's a little unfounded, but I, I see you wear these things. Because he's got the skateboard the whole time. The skateboard is, is the step too far for me, where it's like, that is just completely unnecessary. Yeah. You're going too far to make him... Kind of erratic. And oh, he's, a, he's an outsider type, so he's got a skateboard. Yeah. Like, that's, well, that, that's what I'd say is that it's going too far to make him look like an outsider yeah. instead of making it just like he's kind of the, the ignored kid at the school it, instead of like... But I think they do a solid job with that regardless. They do. Like yeah, the, the, the rest skate, of it they The do. skateboard and even like the, the poofy hair too. That's what extent. I was about to say. The hair, the hair all is the other part of his look that looks too like... I, I've seen so many like websites and different reviews that make fun of that. And they're like, that's the reason his mask comes off so much in these movies is that the hair is pushing it yeah, off. Does his mask come off as much as like in the ring movies though? I don't know, maybe. I don't think so. I'm just, off the top of my head, I, I didn't realize that was a complaint about these movies. I feel like he keeps it on a lot more. Though. I've heard people say he has like Edward Cullen hair yep. from Twilight. That's fair. <laughs> it's it's a little messy. It's a little weird. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I get aesthetically he doesn't look quite right. But I think overall his acting is very good. Yeah. Uh, He's very relatable. Yeah. I'd say so. Obviously, like I said, he has great chemistry with Gwen, which is a huge upgrade from Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst. I, I will always defend these movies by by saying that the, the one thing these movies had to get like 100% right is that relationship because that holds yeah. both of these movies together. Uh -huh. And that works 100% in both Amazing Spider-Man yeah. movies for me. It actually wasn't that... I believe I've heard this before that that was the basis for this. At one point, was that it was just going to be? It about was supposed to be Peter. like like a, a smaller film, and yeah. it, was, it was more about the the relationships. Yeah, the, I that I, I, I've heard that. My before. I have heard that before. And then they were the the studio started to see what they were doing. I'm like, well, we could add in some giant lizards. We need a a CGI monster for the villain with a MacGuffin device. Yeah, doesn't matter what it is. We just need it. You can't. You can't make a character-driven plot in Hollywood. You have to do the 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 big thing that blows up with a laser over the city, and you have to have the big monster is creepy and has no complexity whatsoever. What is it with modern superhero movies and like blue lasers slash yep. clouds like yep. blowing up above New York? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it happens every movie. It now. really does. <laughs> Yeah. But, but, but back to, to Peter Parker. I find him very relatable. Even, like, he makes, like, a, several mistakes throughout the movie. Uh -huh. But he's a high school student, and he just, he's going through the hormonal changes, particularly yeah. with the spider bite. Like, yeah. It, I don't think he ever did. The, there's some complaints about him being kind of a jerk. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he ever reaches Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man 3 levels a jerk. And I realize that he's supposed to be under the... the we talked all about Spider-Man 3 and how, despite the fact that he's supposed to be under the influence of the suit, it doesn't really work because he's still a jerk. But, uh... That does not excuse him from, apparently, have, have having killed two people and then, because the script says, oh, they're not dead, he gets lucky yeah. and he... he exactly. Yeah, he technically never killed anyone. We, we, we've raked that over the coals. You can go listen to that one. Basically... I think this is a perfectly fine balance of the the biggest thing I would say is he uh, he steals the uh, ID of one of the interns at Oscorp, and we'll oh, talk yeah. about all the conveniences in the beginning in a second. But he steals the ID of one of the the interns at Oscorp, and he's just like, "Oh yeah, that's me," and like pretends to be uh, like Hispanic because the name is Hispanic. Yeah, and. They don't like check him or anything, and then they show the guy being like dragged out of the and he's building. He's like screaming. He's like, "Check it! It's it's the check check! I, I I'm here! It's me!" 
Although it seems very weird that they wouldn't check, like, his driver's license. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's weird that they don't... I don't know. But we need Peter to get into the building. Yeah. And and then well, Gwen doesn't... You isn't know, bothered by this wouldn't at all. this have decreased a lot of the conveniences if he knew Gwen worked there beforehand? It was like, hey, can you get me in and get yeah. me to talk to Dr. Connors? Yeah. It would have quite a bit. Yeah. I guess... I, I mean, that's... Well, we'll finish talking about Andrew Garfield first. Um... I'm sorry, I just came up with that. Out yeah, we'll, we'll talk, we'll, again, we'll get to that in a second. That'll yeah. be our next big topic. Yeah, Andrew Garfield, overall, I mean, he does some, some dirt. He, he yells at Uncle Ben, I don't know. It's just teenage rebellion. Like, it's not like it's, people are like, oh, he, you know, he's, he's a terrible uh, child I mean, to them. Or I mean, he, he was old enough to remember his parents leaving him. That is going to affect him yeah. somehow. That's, that's, that's. And, and, psychological and, and they stuff. had sort of built that up that he did have some sort of father issues with Uncle Ben of like, are yeah. you, am I going to make you my father figure or not? And yeah. they, they, they play with that a little bit, which was very nice. Yeah. Um, which is funny because they, they also hinted that a little bit in the Raimi movies, but I don't think they do enough with that. Well, except that. for the nice line with where he's like, I had a father, his name was Uncle Ben. Or his name was Ben Parker. <laughs> no, no, I guess that would no, but the problem is, a line a it, little it, bit it's missing for most of that movie like the whole middle yeah. chunk there's nothing about that yeah and then it's just brought back the, in this one I don't know I, but I still feel like that's kind of a problem to have with this one after a certain point he stops feeling the influence of Ben except for they tie it back into the ending again but yeah yeah I, I and especially in the second one well, we're going to have to talk to mention the second one a lot on this podcast, probably just because it's 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 a well, direct continuation. So many of the plot points hinge on how the second one handles them because yes. it is supposed to be built as oh, we are actually thinking about what we want to do in the future with these mm-hmm. movies, and we're going to have which, things built. Which up. overall, I think of a, I think is a bit of a strike in some ways against this movie because it's like you, there are some plot points you should have some arcs you should have tied up in this one, even if you had some stuff hanging over, um, but. I, the, I, I think the la- well first of all uh, the, what do you think of Andrew Garfield's suit in this movie oh the suit people are gonna hate me because everyone apparently hates the suit eh. I don't think it works I kinda do I don't think it works in the context of the story but I actually like it just how it looks aesthetically aesthetically yeah um, but because in the story it's like okay he, he has the mask which by the way the convenience of him falling down into the wrestling thing oh we'll get there I, I'll, I'll bring up his origin that Whatever, but but he has the mask, and then he's and it's nice how he tr- tries to make it you know handmade with yeah. the, with the sunglass lenses that he puts yeah. up. That that's, sunglasses lenses are a nice touch. That's that's fine. I I've watched a lot of the special features, and there's a lot of stuff with Mark Webb discussing what he all the influence he put into making yeah. the suit, and uh, him saying that oh I wanted to you know be very realistic that a kid from Queens would be able to put this suit yeah. together. And then you look at the suit, and it's like, this looks like a full Hollywood superhero this suit. This looks like the same suit he had in the Raimi movies, just with a different design. Yeah. And sunglass lenses. Although, we don't exactly know the financial situation in this movie. Yeah. As, like it's, as opposed to the first Raimi movie, where he has $100, <laughs> apparently. And then he just makes a full movie-quality Spider-Man suit. Well, see, he just kept going to wrestling matches, where they kept ripping him off. And he kept letting different robbers go. <laughs> it's actually, they killed all sorts of people. Otto Octavius, uh, Norman Osborn. I was going to say Flint Marco, but Topher oh. Race. Oh, oh, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no. Yeah, the, this it, there's like a quick shot of him like making the material there's in like a, a there's pan. a couple of shots of him dealing with like getting the paint of the red uh, spider on the back like on yeah. there and but but. We still have no idea how he makes it. It's way too fast. It would have been nice if he if they showed him like slowly building it up throughout yeah. the movie, and then the lizard like nearly destroys it, and then at the end he's got like the perfected suit. Yeah. But no, he's got the suit just like yeah. Okay, it's, it's I, I got I got it, it just now. Happens. Yeah. And I, I mean, it might just be because I'm more used to I, the sunglass lenses. They bother me a lot from the way they look. But I would understand if the rest of the suit looked like it was made out of stuff like that. Yeah. But because they're not, it kind of just looks like this is a Spider-Man suit. It doesn't look quite right. And it's got weird, like, orangish, almost, lenses. And so it just kind of, to me, that just kind of looks bad in general. Uh, 
the I the design probably bothers me most just because it doesn't look as much like the the comic book character, and that's fine. I mean, that's that's just my personal preference. That's that's me going with what's what I'm familiar with. I don't know how much it would bother me if I had very little actual. Uh, I mean, you, you know, you know, you could argue contact. that the the comic suit is just so perfect in its simplicity. Yeah. Because this one has kind of some blue swirls. Th this one's like a, a little too complex. Yeah, I can't. I, I, I can't make a good argument for why I hate the design of it, other than maybe it's it. There's not quite as much definition. Like I like I like the fact that the normal one has like the the very clear, distinct areas. I will and say, it just feel it again. I I agree. It feels simpler. I think because they shoot like all the Spider-Man stuff for this one at night. Yeah. I think that does a lot to help it. Definitely, I would say. Because if they shot this one, this this particular suit all in the day, it, yeah. I don't think I would like it nearly as much. That's but I think it looks fairly good in all the night scenes yeah. with it. I uh, mean, the eyes are kind of creepy, which is nice. It's interesting. It's an interesting angle. Yeah. Uh, Do we want to move on to, to the plot? Well, I was going to say, I, I want to go ahead and just cover his origin really quick. Oh, okay. Well, that's part of the plot. I guess. Sure. So, I, I generally find... And I, I, I went on a huge rant about this, and I think the, the first Spider-Man podcast, this, the podcast we did for Spider-Man 1, I generally find Spider-Man's origins as a problem. Because the, the thing is, originally in the comics, he's just a jerk, and he just kind of lets the robber go. There's no reason, there's no rhyme or reason, he's just like... There's, just, there's not some, like, karma-type yeah, message This where... dude just gets robbed, and then he's like, no, nah, not my problem, I'm looking out for myself now. And it's kind of, because it's kind of like, oh, I, everyone, the, the world treating me like crap. Now I have all this power, and they're they're expecting me to do things for him. Nah, man, I'm yeah. better than that. Uh, but in both of these, they give him an excuse, which yes. is totally justifiable as to why he lets the robber do whatever. This the robber one I'd say even to do. more like the they go so far to make this one in particular the the, the guy running the the cash register at the the grocery yeah. store such a jerk. Yeah, I mean he's not I getting not ripped the grocery off. Store, it's convenient. Yeah, he's whatever. not getting ripped off for. $2,900 or whatever it is. However... Two pennies. Yeah. The, basically, the the idea is that the, he's at a convenience store after he gets in a fight with Uncle Ben. So Uncle Ben's out looking for him. Yeah. And uh, he, he's just trying to buy some milk. And this dude gets angry at it. The, the cash... Or he, he he's two cents short from what he needs. So he tries to grab two cents from the little, like, take a penny, leave a penny thing. That, yeah. And, and the, the cashier dude's like, oh, no, you got to pay $10 to put a penny in and take a penny. Something like that. And... Uh, he, he's like being super, he's just like, come on, it's, it's two cents, just just let me do it. And then the guy has to throw in the line, oh, what, daddy didn't give you enough milk money? Yeah, and so, it's like, I was, they add the if, if, if I were Peter Parker in that case, I would have considered punching the living heck out of that yeah. guy. And and so then, he, he starts to walk out of the store, and then he Of course, this is why I'm not the protagonist in my own movie. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> but, he starts to walk out of the store, and then, the guy behind him, uh, like drop something so that the cash cashier looks down, and then he opens the the cash register, grabs a bunch of money, and tosses and he, Peter the, the, the milk, milk over like the little sensor, that, like across the little sensor thing, so it doesn't detect it. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like the the dude doesn't. We don't see the dude. He's not holding up the store. He doesn't have a gun or anything. He's well. I mean, it turns out that he does have a gun. It but does. He's not using it. He's to not rob. using it to rob the store. He's just. We don't know that he has one. Like like Peter doesn't know anything about that. He's just sees this dude. He's he's. Robbing this guy, he's an he's an angsty teen who's having a crappy day. Yeah, he just wants the milk and wants to go, and he's like, "Okay, the, I'm I'm not gonna stop this. This is fine. Whatever. Screw screw you, cashier guy." Yeah, and so he walks out, and then that dude ends up killing Uncle Ben. Yeah, and it's like, again, there's no no nobody. Everyone would just be like, "Oh well, uh, the, that's that's totally karma. You just." That guy just got wrecked, lol. Like, yeah. that, no one would say, oh, you should have stopped him. What a, what, a, what a terrible person for not stopping this completely petty idiot cashier dude yeah. from getting robbed of a few hundred bucks because, like, not even at gunpoint. It's just like, of course, no, nobody's going to react to that situation in a way where they're like, oh, no, stop. Like, they're not going to... I mean, I know I get that it's supposed to be a moral choice, I guess. Well, well it's supposed to be like, no matter what, you're supposed to always do the right thing. That is, even... that is the message in both. Yes. 
But we're not, we're still dealing with an angry teenage Peter Parker. We have to get baby steps here. Like, <laughs> there's not even a, a point where he hesitates to make a choice in this. It's just like, he tosses him the milk and he walks out. Yeah. There's no, like, oh, should I help him? Yeah. Okay. What, it's, or or it's, should I do anything to try and stop him? Yeah. He just, so it's like, again, this is not something that most people would, would be angry at. Like, most people would not go the other direction. And I know... Spider-Man's not supposed to go along the same morality lines as now. I get what they're trying to go for. I understand that. I understand that they're trying to say, oh, it's it's a thing where you have to do the right thing no matter what. Yeah. But, but that's not the original message intended for Spider-Man yeah, in his the, the original message, origin. The message is that his if he has origin. the ability to stop somebody, he if he has the ability to to like like uphold the law and and use this power for for a greater good, he should like it there shouldn't be a justification basically for it for him doing the wrong thing it should be he does the wrong thing because he because, because of, of internal, his ego yeah because of internal complications because he he's a hothead yeah and then he should come to terms with the fact that he can never do that again because he has a greater responsibility to the world yeah and instead they make it like well it's now it's a moral choice where he has to choose between one really obvious, or one option that's supposed to be right, but another option that most people would realistically not judge him for in the slightest. Yeah. It should be something where he is sincerely in the wrong, and you can't really spin it any other way. Yeah. If you're making an orange about this. Um, and it's funny that the people call this this Peter Parker a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, the, and then it also is a problem to me that and I don't know if they ever planned to do this and just never got around to it or what. But in neither this movie nor the second movie, there is no point at which he has he seems to have catharsis about because what he does after that is he goes on kind of and I like this angle a little bit. He goes on a revenge mission against the the guy, and he so he's only going after. Can I just go ahead and say it is very weird that they use a a oh, yeah. tattoo <laughs> on his on his hand as that's the mark that yeah. Peter is looking for. Why couldn't it be like the tattoos on his neck? You know, a place that... An would... obvious place. I don't know. But, but that would make more sense for him. Like, they show, like, a quick shot of him seeing the tattoo. Yeah. It would make a lot more sense if it was, like, on his neck. That seemed... That would just make more sense to me. I guess. I mean, it's just kind of... I agree. It's, it's, it's a stupid nitpick, but whatever. Um, yeah. It's just a weird little choice. Yeah. Uh, but no, I was going to say... So he goes after all these people that look like the thief. Yeah. And he keeps kind of, like like string them up and like all these people who are committing crimes he's like oh are you and and tracks them out to see they're a thief there's no point at which he explicitly stops doing that and owns up to the fact that he had a hand in in like it's there, there's a great scene where captain stacy calls out spider-man like it's it's, it's the scene where he's having uh, peter's having dinner with gwen's family yeah and he's like Captain Stacy is like Spider-Man's not not out to help people. He's on a revenge mission. They're all they all everyone he goes after looks the same. That's great. I love that, that he calls him out for that. But there's no point at which he stops to say, "I have to own up to this. It doesn't matter who the killer is because I didn't stop him." There's no point at which he he makes he yeah. comes to terms. Yeah, because because then he goes and the bridge scene happens where he saves the little kid. Yeah, and, and the idea is that okay, he's he's realized that he can save people yeah. and do the greater. But there's no internal but, but they, choice. They, yeah, well, the, or next, external the next scene, he's sitting on the football bleachers with Gwen, and he's like, "I, I need to start saving people." I, that's what yeah. I need. But at no point do they address, "Oh, are you going to stop looking for Uncle yeah. Ben's killer?" Yeah, and I think that would have been a really nice development if it was like, "Screw it, it's not important. It's on me. I need to." take this burden on myself because ultimately if I stopped that guy, I wouldn't be in this situation. <clears throat> Something along those lines, but they don't. And that really bothers me. I, I wish they, they killed two birds with one stone because here would have been a perfect place to completely drop the parent subplot, which we'll yep. get to. Be a nice segue. Um, because he could be like, yeah, I'm going to stop looking for what my parents are up to because it's, it's led me too far down this road. And then also, looking for Uncle Ben's killer. That's yeah. not getting me anywhere. I know what I need to do now. I need to be a hero and use these gifts that I've been given. Yeah. And, and just help people. Forget forget my past. I This is me now. Yeah. Like, that would have been an excellent way to completely drop the parent subplot. <laughs> Although, this is the untold story, so... <laughs> According to the marketing, this is the untold story of Spider-Man. Uh, 
which, uh, which, is, which is like 20 minutes of the untold story, and yes. the rest is just, oh, it's another Spider-Man And origin. then the rest of it is in the second one, and it sucks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, good segue. Go but, ahead go ahead and rant about how much you hate the parents. Yeah. The, the, so, so it starts, the, this movie starts off with Peter playing hide-and-seek with his dad, supposedly. There's some weird stuff going on there in no, we'll no, the second one. Once we get the further information about that whole scene in the second one, it makes no sense yeah. whatsoever. Anyway, he finds his dad's office as a member open into. And his Thank dad's you, like, Orsi and Kurtzman. Yeah. Uh-huh. And his dad's like, oh, okay, you gotta go. You know, it's bad. And so he his parents leave, and then we don't Which was a very him. nice scene. I yeah, really like that. Emotional. Where they have to abandon Peter. Yeah. Well, they don't but abandon see, him, they leave him. My, my problem with this is that Spider-Man's parents aren't supposed to be a huge... Mi- I mean, they, they've talked... The comics have talked about them. Con- there, there was a stretch where they came back as, like, androids or something in, like, the late 80s or early 90s, somewhere in that area. Uh, like, like, some android parents or clone parents or something like that were created. Uh, and, and there's some early issues where, like, it addresses the basic arc of this, of the, these movies, where it's like, oh, his parents were traitors... Or his parents were supposedly traitors, but or like he finds out that, and then he goes to try and make sure, like he's like that can't be right, and he goes finds out they weren't, finds out they were actually working for America and, and like double agents or whatever, and so he's like, well, my parents were heroes, and it's like okay, that's nice. However, there's no reason for them to be narratively important to his story. It's it's the main reason. Like, the only reason they're not... I mean, it gives him a little complexity, but it's just kind of like an interesting... It just creates an interesting dynamic where Aunt May and Uncle Ben are effectively his parents. Yeah. Like, it's not like this big thing where... Like, they might as well have just said they're they're his parents. It just kind of makes allows them to be a little older, and it, it's kind of a different, more interesting angle on, on his, who his parents are. And I mean, like, there's not a whole lot of meaning behind the fact that he doesn't live with his parents. It's just... Aunt May and Uncle Ben are who he lives with. But it's the untold story, Tyler. But we need a stupid and, backstory and get, to make it as different yes. as possible from the and, Raimi movies. And, and eventually, the twist is that uh, his dad. This is in the second one, right? Yeah. His his dad made the formula spider formula thing, so and that it's connected to Parker blood yeah. specifically. So, so the point is, so it ended up. Uh, the the only person who would have gotten a positive reaction from the spider bite would have been Peter. Yes. Which we'll talk about the community. That's the perfect segue into the communities. But basically, the the only reason for them to do this was for them to be like, oh well, it's not so convenient that he got bit by the spider and got these powers, but it still kind of is because that doesn't change the fact that he just wanders into a room full of spiders, <laughs> like. The whole scene where he goes into Oscorp is yes, just... That's a good, that's a good jumping off point. So after, very, after very all the parent stuff, he goes to... He meet, he talks with Gwen. He meets Gwen. Oh, yeah. He and meets then, Gwen the same day that he looks... And then, yes. Or he starts actually talking to her for the first yes. time the same day that he finds his father's briefcase. Yes. And starts looking at it and decides, hey, I'm going to go to Oscorp to look for Kurt Connors. Yes. Uh... And then he, and then he gets in, he gets into the tour and he steals the internship's ID and conveniently Gwen is the tour guide yes. because she is an intern for Doctor Connors conveniently. Yes, and then although at least it makes sense that someone as smart as her would be working. I mean, sure, but it's, it's an over convenience that she is specifically yes. working for Kurt Connors. Exactly, but at least it makes sense that she would have that sort of position. Yes. Yeah, and then he goes to. Uh, oh, he, he 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 tries to separate himself from the group so he can look around, oh, and yeah. he runs into the Indian scientist. Oh yeah, the, the, the comedian. Well, I guess like he's he, he's more like the corporate guy for yeah. Oscorp because he's constantly pushing Congress <clears throat> to keep going with the, the yeah. Convenience, convenience number five. He he hits the dude, and then the dude drops these files that have the decay rate algorithm stuff on them, and, and he, he's like, "Oh, okay." Peter's like, "I recognize those double zeros." Yeah, and so he follows him. Into, like, like around some because, rooms and, like, figures out how to get into some rooms. Because the guy goes and looks at the spider webs, I, I guess. guess. But, yeah. but he leaves and then Peter goes in and he finds the spiders and he starts messing around with the webbing, I yeah. guess. The idea is that this room is full of spiders who are creating their, like, bio-engineered webbing. Yeah, that they can use for, like, airplane stuff, uh-huh. I guess. And 
so it's like, wait, so the spiders aren't important at all? Because then they he, like, messes with some stuff, and then they start collecting all the webbing. Yeah. Like, all the spiders start dropping off, and then all the webbing gets, like, spun. And at one point, a spider falls on him, and that's how he gets bitten. But it's like, wait, so the spiders are creating this super powerful stuff, but they're not using them for anything else? Like, is that all they're doing? Yeah. But, but, but then, it but then being, they have... But it ends up being in the second movie, oh, they have super healing blood. Yes. <laughs> only if you're a Parker, though. Yeah, only if you're a Parker, yeah. And it's like, well, why? Yeah. I don't know. And this is this is something I talk... And, and there's, there's one more point I, I want to add on this, too. Um... Or like I'll I'll cap this this thought off with this, uh, the way this feels is a lot like they looked at like because we talked about how the the Raimi movies are super efficient in the way they get their plot rolling, particularly the first one. Yes, I I, I I my voice is going crazy right now. <laughs> yeah, they they are like all right, we we have point A, we want to make a point get to point B. We're gonna draw a line straight from A to B. That's that's the way it feels when you're watching these movies. Is that they're not or watching the the Raimi movies. That they're not until the first two Raimi movies. They're not trying to be like, oh, we gotta complicate. Everything. It's just all right. We gotta just just get from here to here to here to here. This movie, specifically in the first 10, 20, 30 minutes or so, feels like they can't. They're they're like, oh, well, we can't do the same thing. But there is no other way to do it. Yeah. So they draw like a squiggle that like <laughs> we they, have to be different for the sake of being different. Yeah. And so they 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 go all over the place but to then, try. But and, just the fact that they're doing the origin again means people are already going to be saying you're just doing this again. Yeah, we know exactly. what you're doing. There's no way to avoid the fact that you are still going from point A to point B. Yeah. They can't get past that. So it's like, okay, well, you've just complicated the first 20, 30 minutes of this movie when you could have been doing. You could have just said screw it gone through the origin in, like, you know, a, a, a brief, like... Have an opening title scene, like, in The Incredible Hulk, where it's just like, hey, his origin, it happened, he's yeah. Spider-Man now, let's go. Or just show... I would almost be I would almost be okay with if they just showed the panels from the original comic. <laughs> I think that would be kind of kind of an interesting. It was just, like, the, the, the very key panels from, like, Amazing Spider... Or Amazing Fantasy 15. Yeah. If they just showed the very key, like, stuff and then just got, got along with the story. I think that would be a lot more interesting. Yeah. Uh, because we'd be able to actually get development out of, like, Kurt Connors and, and some of the people that got shafted. Oh, uh, boy. And, and the, I think the, the, the real icing on the cake in, of that thought is, is you mentioned this a little earlier, he's, he's running away from one of the dudes who he thought was the thief on a rooftop, and then he falls down into, conveniently, down into a building that used to be a wrestling ring and lands on the wrestling mat. Yeah. Like, it's an abandoned wrestling mat. And looks up and sees posters. And as he's looking at posters of wrestling masks. Like luchador masks. This dude is like, hey, I saw your face. We'll call the police or something. So, says something along those lines. Yeah. And so then he's like, oh, I, I need, need a mask. Get... So it's like, <laughs> you even put him in the exact same situation. There's nothing in, in Spider-Man's origin that says he has to somehow visit a wrestling ring. Yeah. Like I think it's it's an, it's a it's a good innovation in the Raimi movies, but you put him back in the exact same situation, just so that like it's like again they're just drawing like all these crazy squiggles to try and get around the fact that they are going to end up in the exact same place. See, I, I I'm usually influenced heavily by like the outside sources yeah. and and like knowing the behind the scenes stuff and like comparing it to the other movie. For some reason, that stuff doesn't bother me all that much. Like, I recognize it's a problem, but just, like, watching the movie on its own, it's like... Oh. Well, it, it wouldn't really bother me that much either, except for the fact that it, bother, it, it bothers me because they're creating conveniences where they don't need to be... Like, it bothers me yeah. when I'm trying to follow along with the plot. Yeah. It bothers it, I, I have problems with that. I don't know. I recognize it's an issue, but it doesn't personally just bother me that much. Maybe it's just because I'm enjoying the movie so much. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, let, let, me, let me move on to Kurt Connors, because... We have another scientist who has some sort of accident befall him where he has to go crazy. Yes. Why? I don't know. Why, do, why does and this keep happening? That's, that's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> and this won't be the last time no. this happens. Literally every villain in a Spider-Man movie goes crazy. Except for like Sandman. Who goes still goes crazy in the final because, act because he's movie. like I need to kill Spider Man. I thought you were helping your daughter. Well, I'm, I'm killing Spider Man. <laughs> I'm not a bad person. I've just had bad luck. Okay. 
Yeah. The, every single villain, they might start off interesting, and then they and go crazy. Kurt Connors does kind of start off interesting. I mean, he doesn't have a whole lot to him. It's like, but he's oh, a nice guy. Oh, he, yeah, he wants to fix his arm. Okay, there, he's a nice guy. He has some apparent guilt over what happened to you know abandoning Peter and just ne- never coming to see him or his yeah. aunt and uncle. Yeah, there's the I do like that aspect of the, the parent stuff is that it gives Peter a reason to talk to Kurt Connors and stuff yeah. like that. And it's like okay, well at least. There's, there's you're, you're trying to work it into the plot in a way that actually makes sense. Yes, yeah, it feels more coherent as to why the the villain starts up now as opposed to in, in Spider Man One where the Green because Goblin Peter is the key to Kirk Connors yeah. becoming the Lizard, and I like how they, they they try to thread the needle with that because later he's telling Gwen once he finds out what what Kirk Connors is up to, he's like, "It's my responsibility. Yeah. I have to stop him because this yeah. is all my it, fault." It, it is. It does give some some nice motivations in the final acts. Um, how do you feel about that final act with another MacGuffin device that is going to do some world-ending type thing exactly. that, that somebody has to stop? This movie, it feels like they spend... I, I feel like almost the middle of this movie is really, really solid. Yeah. Might be the, the beginning, they're spending so much time trying not to be a, another superhero origin movie that they do too much and make it super convoluted. And the ending feels like they've completely forgotten about the fact that they're now following exactly the same thing that every other superhero movie is doing. Yeah. I, I think... The middle feels like the part where the creativity comes in. Every Spider-Man movie, for me, feels like a snapshot in the time of, of the superhero... The point in time of which it comes out in, mm-hmm. in, in regards... Or with regards to the superhero genre as a whole. Yeah. Like, like it's particularly with this one, is like, okay, dark, gritty origin as a response to Dark Knight. And then Amazing Spider-Man 2 is like, oh, we need to build a cinematic universe because, hey, Marvel's doing that now, so let's do that. Like, yeah. Each one, and, and of course Spider-Man 3 came out during like one of the darker periods. Yeah, Spider-Man 3 came out when X-Men The Last Stand and Wolverine Origins and Fantastic Four Rise of the I Silver mean, to Surfer. be fair, Iron Man Dark Knight also came out yeah. during that period. But, but that, then that they was, set the trend. That was the <laughs> start of the renaissance of, of yes, superhero yeah. movies. But I, I feel like each one is a snapshot, and this one is just like, yeah, like the first half, dark, gritty, or more gritty yeah. for, for, for a Spider-Man movie yeah. uh, in response to Dark Knight. And then the second half is just like, okay, just checking off the, the superhero movie cliches now. Yes. Not that I hate that, particularly because it, it is an origin picture. I mean, ideally, they would have just moved on past the origin. Yeah. But if you're going to do an origin p- uh, picture, it is very safe to just have the ending be... Yeah. He needs to stop a crazy bad guy with MacGuffin. Yeah. But just making Kirk Connors a crazy man at the end, does, yes. ah, that that is a very heavily missed opportunity. I agree. Um, I think that's... And I think... See, I feel like the way they should have handled him is have him be like a, a Jekyll and Hyde thing where... Well, he, he is in, like, one or two scenes yeah. where he's got, like, a voice in But his they head. don't commit to that. Yeah. And so it's, like, it should be the type of thing where when he's the lizard, he is doing all these nefarious things and trying to take over everything. Well, well, when he transforms back to Kurt Connors, he's, like, trying to go get help and trying, and nobody's believing him. Stuff like that. But um, but he's, like, an addict. And to the, I, to I, the I, drugs. Yeah. Let me see. I mentioned this, or I, I thought of this earlier while we were talking about it. Uh... Th- this almost feels like the way they should have handled Doc Ock in that, I mean, they still don't do it right. I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of, I remember making this point, but I'm trying to remember how I, how to bring it back around. Basically, Doc Ock, we have problems with his motivation because he's not... When the AI takes over his mind, it's just like, oh, he's crazy now. Yes. When the AI takes over his mind, it's like, oh, it's it's not Doc Ock's fault. It's it's We're, ta- we're going away from the, the deep... Oh, he's a, he's passionate and and on the edge of insanity, and and you know he's trying to continue his projects despite the fact that it's obviously hurting the world at large. While in this in in Amazing Spider-Man, it's kind of the same idea. Or it's the, it, that's in Amazing Spider-Man. That's kind of what they're trying to do. Yeah. Is they're trying to make it like oh he's he's passionate about saving everyone by turning them all into lizards for some reason. <laughs> because he thinks it'll better everyone yeah, because he's like experienced that. being a lizard and he loves they, it if you flip the motivations it would work really well if, if in Spider-Man 2 he was only solely doing it he wasn't under the control of this artificial intelligence crap which is a stupid plot 
point. To, that that absolves him of all crime. If if it was and all potential murder that he yes, does. If it was I'm committing these crimes because I I am so committed and I I can't turn back now. Well, in this one, it should be I can't control myself when I'm the lizard. Yeah. It, it, they flip them. Like, like, they flip what should be working here. Yeah. And I'm like, just just figure well, figure out what makes sense for a character. Okay, for, for me, the, the biggest problem is, like, he wants to better everyone by making them wizards. Yeah. And <coughs> that that is thro- so thrown together at the end. Because uh-huh. there's the scene where, after the high school fight, which I'll get to, that's, that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. But he goes and he follows, or he goes into the sewer, and he finds Connor's yeah. lab down in the sewers. <laughs> There's just exposition computers telling him exactly what yeah. Connor's plan is. Yeah. Like you could have done something where where the lizard is like this super sentient, like creepy, terrifying villain thing, and he's like the super evil, just just side of Kurt Connors that doesn't really show in any other way, and like when he's human. Yeah, and he's or like he doesn't really have any idea who Kurt Connors is, like you know, kind of a Hulk thing, and he's just trying to. Uh, turn everyone into lizards so that because he has like lizard controlling powers. I mean, we see that a little bit. Like he's trying to become like the the to take over the world by turning everyone. Something. I mean, you. I know that's still kind of a ridiculous, corny plot, but something that where where it's if you made it where the lizard is very clearly the villain and Kurt Connors is very clearly trying to stop him. I think that would be a lot more interesting than Kurt Connors just kind of swings into craziness. Yeah. Somewhere and now. But 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 yeah. if, if you're going to have that plot point of like he's obsessed with bettering humanity by making them into giant lizards, yeah, have that built up a little bit more if you're going to go with such a stupid motivation. <laughs> I really don't like, it. especially I agree. because it, it 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 does make a bit of a tonal shift because mm-hmm. at the beginning it's like dark or darker, grittier origin, you know, yeah. less goofy. Yeah, and then then he wants to turn everyone into giant lizards. And, and at one point, there's a giant lizard rat eating another rat. Yeah, and it's like. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's problematic. Well, like I said, most of these these flaws they don't bother me as much. Mostly just because watching this movie, I, I'm having such a good time. There's a lot of entertainment yeah. value here for me. Maybe it's just because I like all the performances and I find most uh-huh. of these characters likable, as yeah. opposed to the Raimi movies where I'm like, you're just a bunch of introverted weirdos. You're not wrong. Get lives. <laughs> that's, that's something I will say too for Andrew Garfield is that he has the quips and like like he has the Spider-Man persona down very, very, very well. Although it's much less so here than in the next movie. Yes, in the next movie there are some some of the best Spider-Man scenes we've gotten. Uh, th- we're not. I'm not about to say that the next movie is the best Spider-Man movie. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of crap in that movie, and we'll talk about that. But, oh boy, will we? Yeah, but the, there's some really they this this series just starts to nail that in the next movie. This one though, it's there's I don't think there's quite enough joking around by him. I and I get that he's not supposed to be really Spider-Man until the end of the movie. Yeah, but I feel like it's kind of a similar problem that Man of Steel has. Uh, I just I just thought of this right now. Uh, that they they expand like the origin beyond like there's no point in which he becomes the hero in the middle of the movie. Yeah. They expand the origin throughout the movie so that it keeps going. And so you don't Although, really... I feel like it works a whole lot better here than it does in Man Oh, yeah. Of Steel. No, I'm not saying that. We'll I'm get just... to Man of Steel eventually, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Who knows? Yeah. But... If we ever want to watch the rest <laughs> of the Superman movies. <laughs> Woo! But yeah, the, I feel like the... They, the part of the problems with both the, part of the reasons both of those get a lot of flack is because you never see the hero become the, the true hero yeah, it's, that it's like, you're looking it's for. It's like we, we paid to see Spider-Man be Spider-Man. And we paid to see Superman be Superman. I didn't pay to see parents. Yeah, and, and, and instead they're they're dragging out the origin and they're not they don't quite hit their stride. Yeah, I I, I think that's that's problematic. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm iffy on that one. Uh do you have any other plot uh, or plot points? Do you have any other uh, final points you want to talk about? I I, th- I thought we could cover the the ending decision that Peter makes to be with Gwen. Well, uh, I should we should mention really quick uh, some of the because we talked a lot about how in Spider Man and the Raimi movies there's a lot of great peripheral casting like the side characters are really great. Uh, this one the actors are still fantastic. I don't know if they all are as perfect as. 
Well, it's just because you don't have any real standouts like J.K. Simmons is J. Jonah Jameson. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have a Mr. Ditkovich type character. <laughs> that too. Yeah, no, uh, Dennis O'Leary, right? Dennis Leary. Just Leary. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is he, Captain, he's, he's good. He's Captain Stacy. He's very good. Yeah. I, I mean, he... It's it's I think it's I mean it's perfect like I think he works great as that he's a great foil for Spider Man and uh, this scene where Sp- where he finds out that Peter is Spider Man is really powerful. Oh, that that was great. There's great acting by both of them. Yes. And then the end scene where he's like leave Gwen out of it and it, you know I, I really don't like death scenes. That's that's like such a cliche. But for oh they're not dead yet, but they're almost dead, so they have time to say one last. But thing. here it works. Yeah, I think it works quite well. I agree. Now, let me just go ahead and say for for that. This movie is gorgeous. Yeah. Very well shot. It's particularly that scene where, where you know, uh, Captain Stacy dies and then Peter's like, he yells and then he stands over on top of the Oscorp building looking out at the, the cityscape. Mm-hmm. And, and, or, uh, yeah, and you, you see the giant, the cloud with the blue particles falling down. It's, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Very pretty movie. I think it's the best shot of all the Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. It looks yeah. very good on Blu-ray. I highly recommend watching it on Blu-ray. I agree. Uh, Blu-ray is not paying me anything for this. <laughs> yet. No. I was going to say uh, Aunt May and, and Uncle Ben and these. I think, I think Uncle Ben is fine, is fine in both. I think, I mean, he might look a little more like the comic version, the typically drawn comic version in the first one. I, they're, they're both great actors. They both work really well. Yeah, I would say Aunt May and Uncle Ben from the Raimi movies are just straight up the comic book yes. version. So this one, again... Oh, well, we have to change it up a little bit. So now, now I May really is love, I love Martin Sheen and Sally Field. Yeah, I mean, I they're both... love both of them. They're this. both great, yeah. so it's hard to... They're both great actors. Well, plus, so I, I feel like for Anne May, they, they did a lot more with her character in this yeah. one, other than, oh, she's just the loving old aunt, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, you know, she... But the, I do have a kind like of... The, like, I that. love the scenes where she confronts Peter, and she's like, why are you out all, at night? Why are you yeah. leaving me alone? I cannot be... <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I loved all that. I do, I do, my biggest problem with that is that we don't really get a scene like in Spider-Man 2 where it's like, oh, Aunt May knows he's Spider-Man. We get lots of like, oh, well, she kind of might know, I don't know. Like, they're, they're, they don't really lay that out for you. I, I do wish there was a scene in and, either of these movies yeah. where she was just like, I know you're Spider-Man. Because especially with her, I think it would be really powerful. You, you don't, you don't have to keep this hidden anymore. Like, there's no point yeah. in keeping, you're, you're wasting energy yeah. trying to do that. I know. Uh-huh. I'm here for you. You know, yeah, that would have been very nice. And yeah, they keep hitting at it in both of these movies. Uh, and Spider Man Two, there, there's this, there's we talked about this, the scene where it's it's obvious she knows that he's Spider Man, and it's like okay, and she when gives she's him, giving him the little the the speech of like, oh, that's yeah. this is what a hero means, which yeah. which is why I think with with uh, this Aunt May, you could have had a really powerful scene where she does something like that too. I just but, realized something about Spider Man Three. Yeah. I, I'm going back to Spider-Man 3. You know the scene where Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker, and he's like, you know, Spider-Man killed Sandman last night. Yeah. Wouldn't Ant-Man be like, what did you do? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's like, I don't think it's up for any of us to judge whether a person deserves to live or not. But that is so... She should be like, oh my. <laughs> Her reaction to that is so subdued. You're going down a path I don't think you can... I can but if, they, if the, the idea was that they were hinting that she knows, yeah. and then... That's funny. Yeah, they, I didn't even think of that. They great. so dropped the ball in Spider-Man 3. They really did. But anyways. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, talking about the final fight, then, if that's... No, I, I meant uh, just Peter's decision, oh, decision oh. to be back. Well, I was going to say really quick, how do you feel about the cranes in the final fight? See, I have a hard time judging the... Obviously, it's supposed to be like the Raimi movie where it's like, oh, the citizens of New York are helping him out. Yeah. That's the idea. Yeah. Once again, you're you're going so far over the top trying to make it different, but it's still the exact same and we can all see through what you're trying to do. But I love the scene, mostly because of the music and it looks just so well yeah. shot with Spider-Man just swinging. It's powerful, yeah, but it, it is a little bit ridiculous when you see like all of these cranes are and lined up a straight perfectly line leading to up to the... To, to the next boss fight. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. And it's like, oh, okay, that's, that's a little... I'm, uh, I'm I, I will say, it. I love the fact that it's the dude who... Uh, he I, saved his son on the bridge. I mean, it's still kind of convenient, but it's it's powerful because that scene where he saves the son on the bridge is very... is amazing. Awesome. Where yeah. he he gives the, the mask... Awesome. To the... Wicked. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
he gi- he gives the mask a little kid. He's like, hey, here, put this on. It makes you strong. And like, he, you know, he saves that the kid. That was a very Spider-Man scene. Yes, that's that might be the best scene in this movie. Can you? I for me, that's that's the scene that I think of most in this movie where I'm like, that's what Overall, I Overall, it's probably the most well done. I don't know what my yeah. favorite he's, scene he's, is. He's saving a kid on the bridge after the lizard goes on My the favorite scene might actually be when he tells Gwen that he's Spider-Man. Yeah, that's great too. Because they just completely, Again. just completely, that that's one way where they completely subvert the Raimi movies in a great way. Because like, yeah. he doesn't need to keep this a secret. Yeah. And then she's like freaking out. She's like, you're sp-. And he's like, shut up. And then he just makes out with her. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Uh, uh, we haven't mentioned the, the Gwen... Uh, oh, oh. I have one last thought, but I'll say that in a second. We haven't mentioned the, the Gwen uh, Peter stuff much because we, because we talked perfect. about it in the beginning. Because it's, it's wonderful. There, we have no problems with it, it. it. This is probably the best superhero couple yeah. in any superhero movie I've ever seen. I agree. Just just because they're so... I can't so... think of anything that comes even close. Maybe like, I don't know, Tony Stark and Pepper Potts, maybe? Yeah. <sighs> They're they're just so perfectly made for each other. Yes, in in the way they they act and the way it, it it's it's perfect. However, I did think of one more problem with with Andrew Garfield Spider Man. Oh, delightful! The uh, the public displays of powers. Oh yeah, as I think you put it. There there put is a, so put many, a copyright on that. Yes. trademark. There are so many scenes where he does things where people should be like, wait a minute. This wouldn't have to do with any of that Spider-Man fellow that just showed up. I think the issue is they do it one or once or twice too much, and, and I think in every scene they go a little bit too far because they have the the scene where he's in the sewer or not the sewer, the subway, yes. and he gets attacked by the guys, and the spider sense is just going crazy, and he's hanging off the the top of the the, the train, yeah. and then he he picks up the pole and he's accidentally yeah. hits them with. Like that—that that was fine, I guess. That's, that I'm fine with because it's like, okay, Spider-Man's not around yet. These people have no idea who this guy is. But, but there's then, no reason why that would be a problem to his identity. But but then there's the basketball scene. Yes. There's which, the, the main issue with that is just he holds out the ball to Flash, and Flash cannot physically grab it out of Peter's yeah. hand, and it's like making a little suction sound effect. Yeah, it's like, and then Peter goes and slams it and breaks the glass, and it's like, okay, they they wouldn't. People would be like, oh, something's up there. Because he, like, palms it, but with his hand on top of the ball. Yeah. And so it's like, what's happening? But, but the worst, most nonsensical one is yeah. is the the football uh, bleacher scene. <clears throat> They're sitting, uh, Peter and Gwen are sitting in, like, high up in the bleachers while the football's having pra- team's having practice. And there there's no one else around them. A football goes flying directly at them. Peter grabs it and chucks it. And it hits one of the football poles, or the, the, the goal goalposts. Post. And bends it. Yeah. And it's like, what? <laughs> because. First off, why, why is the ball traveling in their direction yes. regardless? And then right after that happens, somebody asks, who <laughs> threw that? Well, well, whoever threw it in their direction anyway would probably have seen that. Like, yeah. Uh, there's no reason nobody would have, would have not seen that. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's no reason you couldn't have just had him chuck it and then it just goes flying away. And it's like, oh, lol. And then they're like, oh, what happened? Like, they, they don't see. You don't. The fact that he bit, there is no reason why they wouldn't be like, what the crap? And go yeah. up and like interrogate him. And it's just completely unnecessary. Or invite him to their team or something. It's like, it's like on the day they were just like, okay, we need like a creative way to like end the scene. Yeah. Let's have this little bit happen. Is You could have just had the scene end after they were done with their conversation. Yeah. Why did they even need to be sitting on the bleachers? Why were they sitting on the bleachers? Because it's a cool place where they can talk <sighs> a- away from everyone. Whatever. Couldn't you just have them, like, walking down the street or something? I, yeah, I whatever. It's weird. I agree. It's very weird. Um, yeah, But uh, coming back to that point, <laughs> I was going, how do you feel about Peter's decision to end up staying with Gwen at the end of the movie? See, I like it mostly because, again, the bi- the biggest difference between the relationships in the Raimi movies and the relationships in the, the web movies, I guess... Are, oh, that oh, that does not sound good. <laughs> are they communicate in this one? He is telling. Oh my god! They they tell each other everything, and it's awesome. He's already told Gwen that he's Spider Man, and then instead of being like, "Oh, I'm gonna hang out with you all the time, but not actually be with you," even though that puts you in like just as much <laughs> danger, uh, he actually is like, "Screw it! I'm gonna hang out with you anyway." 
if you are, if if this is your choice, well, if you're making this choice, I will. See, I like it because they will, they show beforehand in the scene where they're both at their lockers. Yeah, and, and then Flash starts messing with them. He's like, you know, you're coming around, which was actually kind of nice to see Flash not be a complete, yeah. you know, jerk. For it the would whole be a nice movie. setup if they ever brought him back. Guess that ain't happening now. Why not? But but but, but there's there's. You know, there's the shot of them just standing alone at their lockers and nobody else is around. It's like the, the, they want to be together and they're both yeah. suffering. But they both not understand together. what the problem is. Yeah. But then it's kind of like, okay, he, he, he acknowledges that he, it's Gwen's choice, so he's going to be with them. Now, I will say, if they hadn't addressed that at all in the second movie, it would be a problem. But I think they do a very good job addressing it. Yeah. That decision that oh, yeah. he makes Definitely. in the second movie. And that's one of the strong points of the second movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dare I say it might be the best thing about the, oh, the yeah. second movie. But I, a lot of people complaining about that. I, I just don't see how it's a real problem. No, I, I think it's fine. Yeah. Um, do we have any other final thoughts? Let me just say, uh, I, I do have a final thought. Oh. The high school fight scene oh, yeah. is one of the... Again. It's one of the best uh, fight scenes in any superhero movie. Yeah. I know people completely lose their minds over the train fight in Spider-Man 2. Uh-huh. For me, I can't enjoy it quite as much. I, I respect it for how innovative it is yeah. and you know how much work. I, I really love it. I really love it. But it's aged. Yeah. And not not very well. Yeah. It's, some of the CGI is a little bit off, but whatever. But, but this one, I, I feel like it, you, CGI has come to this point where you, we can make most of the scene complete CGI, and it looks awesome. Yeah, it looks really, really good. And yeah. it's, it's, it's some really creative fighting. There's the great Stan Lee cameo where they, uh, they're the, fighting in the library. My single favorite Stan Lee cameo yep. in any Marvel movie. I don't think anyone would blame you for that. He's, he's listening to like the classical music on his headphones. And, and, and Spider-Man saves him by catching the, the desk that yeah. the lizard throws right at his... Right before it hits yeah, Stanley, yeah. and he just walks away. Yeah. Um, it's great. And then there's, let's see, there's the. But I, I was just thinking of this. Basically, I, like I mentioned earlier, that the middle is the part that's most creative. Yeah. And I feel that keeps coming back to me because I keep thinking of, I, like, I, all this time I've been trying to think of things that I have problems that I have with the movie, but then I keep thinking of things that I like about the movie, and I'm like, oh, those are all in like the middle you know, 45 minutes to an hour. It's that fight scene, the dinner with Gwen's family, and the yeah. bridge scene. Yeah, it's, it's, it really does feel like they convoluted the origin, they, they figured out what they wanted to do, the, the middle of the, the movie is what they were, tr- what they had in mind when they first made the movie, and then the ending was like, well, we have to wrap it up somehow. Not that, not, not that any of it is particularly, like, downright awful. Yeah. But it's just like, you could have clearly done a whole lot better. Oh, yeah. You could have made this one of the best superhero movies ever. Yes. Uh, I really like it a lot, but you know, yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's in like the top five superhero movies <laughs> ever made or anything uh, like that. But oh, um, one one last nitpick because I got to I got to bring you down just a little bit oh with, with the, the the high school fight scene. Oh boy! I find it very ridiculous the scene where the lizard just grabs two chemicals off the desk, pours them into a bottle, and chucks it at Peter, and it explodes. Let Let me amend my statement. I love the high school fight scene once. Peter is in full Spider-Man costume. <laughs> yeah. Then it's awesome. Okay. Uh, let, let's let's go ahead and give our grades. What, what, what do you give the movie? I give it a B. Okay. Which if, if you're keeping up with, with this, uh, with our scores, I don't know why anyone would care. We care, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I have this, this all written down. <laughs> I, I keep track of this, okay? Yeah. Uh, I care. I give... <laughs> I, I give it the same score as Spider-Man 2. Please don't kill me. Uh, we I, I feel like we've fairly well justified why. Basically, I feel like there's a lot of the same problems. There's a lot of inconveniences. The villain has the potential for greatness. I do think uh, Doc Ock is better in two than than he. I would uh, say over, this is probably the second best of the villains. Although that's not really saying that much because no. you have Doc Ock. And then of course Willem Dafoe is fantastic. It's hard to separate Willem Dafoe's acting from the actual villain too. So that's kind of yeah. a hard thing to judge. Yeah. Overall, though. Uh, I put them on the same level because I think there's a, I know there's a lot of controversy about it. The thing is, I still don't have a Spider-Man movie that I feel comfortable putting above a B, which is the the point I'm trying to make here is that none of these movies are are perfect at all. Like like 
they have they have yet to hit where I want them to hit. And I, I have really high hopes for Marvel Studios now that they're involved in the project. So I really, really hope that turns out right. But yeah, right now, I put them at the same level because I think they have a lot of the same problems. I think I think I would have given Spider-Man 2 a higher grade if we were doing this back in the early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, just because it has aged, definitely. Yeah. But overall, I think... Like, I feel like they have enough of the same problems that they weigh about the same in my mind. And I, I do think they're both really entertaining. I would probably want to equally watch both of them. I know you... I'll, I'll turn this over to you. I know you like to watch... Would rather watch Amazing Spider-Man out of, like, all of these. People are going to murder me. <laughs> I mean... I, I've been floating here. Yeah. The whole time, I, I, I was thinking... It's somewhere in the B range for me, and no. I, don't, I don't know where it falls. And especially, you know, after saying all the problems that we've had with it, that there is a lot to not like here, but I think there's a a lot to truly love. Yeah. I'm going B+. Plus. Um, <laughs> I love the fact that inching it up one one measure, one unit, is, is enough to make you terrified of everyone hating you. Well, mostly because I gave Spider-Man to a B-. Oh, I forgot about that, too. Yeah. Um, okay, well, that's fair. It's, mostly, it's close. Get out your pitchforks, boys. It's that close to an A? What's <laughs> wrong? I just have so much fun watching the movie. This is where my subjectivity comes uh-huh. into play. Yes, objectively, it's probably more like, I don't know, maybe like a B minus. Yeah. I have so much fun with Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone and the action scenes and how beautifully well yeah. done, you know, how, how it's shot, the music. I I just have so much. It's so entertaining for me. I I have a hard time really hating it. And like Andrew Garfield, I know he's probably not the perfect straight off the page comic book yeah. Spider-Man that you're looking for, but for it, it, for me, it's a lot like Christian Bale Batman, where this guy seems very real to me. He comes off as a very real human being, and I understand his flaws and his aspirations and all of that. So I, I, it's very easy for me to overlook the flaws because I'm having such a good time, mm-hmm. which I cannot say about the Raimi movies. As much as I respect the first two, I don't have the most fun time watching Which I think them. is why I'm a little higher on them than you are, because I do I do think I can watch the, the first two Raimi movies and, and really, really enjoy them. And I can watch the third one and, no, not and just enjoy so myself. I would hate myself, but I would be like, ah. I, 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 would, I would put this, uh, again. I would, the reason have, I, I would have lukewarm enjoyment. Again, the reason I put these on the same level is because I think I would get just as much an enjoyment out of watching Spider-Man 2 and Amazing Spider-Man. That, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Agree to disagree, I guess, <laughs> even though we're only like a one level difference. Uh, we really need to get to some movies where we have like huge major differences. Well, the next, the next one we kind of do. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll hit that soon, I think. We'll see how that goes. Okay, everybody. Th- thank you if you stuck around with us mm-hmm. for our full Amazing Spider-Man discussion. Yeah. Hit us up on, on the Twitter. Yes, at HCT Sequels. There you go. Uh, send send your hateful fuel or uh, rage fueled comments. Yes. up to the Twitters. Uh, if if you disagree with us, don't just call us idiots. Please, like, yeah. put like your legitimate reasons for liking or disliking a movie. I would like to hear some some legitimate constructive criticism and or reasons. Give give us reasons that are at least slightly justified as to why you disagree with us. Yeah, or, or not not just hey, you guys are stupid because you're wrong. <laughs> I feel like we haven't actually gotten any feedback on these yet. We're so defensive about it because we just know what the internet is like. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you're the Reddit user. I'm not. That's but I'm, I'm terrified. Yeah. <laughs> okay, everybody. Thanks for watching or listening. I guess watching is technically not. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you've been looking at your screen the whole time, it's like I I, I love this picture that they have. <laughs> it's I, a pretty nice picture. <laughs> I do say so myself. All right, I'm, I'm not that cocky. <laughs> Adios. All right, the next next week we'll be Bye. doing Amazing Spider-Man two. Mm-hmm. So, see you guys next time. <laughs>